And we are back for the attack in black. <laughs> okay, ACDC. Close, close. Oh, very close. You don't want to. You don't want to judge my perfection of of uh, musical Angus. Yes, musical Angus. <laughs> a- anus. A- Ang- sorry. Angus. I, what happened? Um. So, hey guys, uh, this week's episode. And by the way, another another pardon slash apology. Sorry for skipping a week. This is like the second or third time we've done that. Dave and I just can't get our damn act together on pre-recording some of these so that when something comes up with a work trip or something like that, usually for me, we don't skip one and we've got one in the hopper, as it were, to publish. So Well, and yeah. I'm I'm trying to break free of peyote and it's it's not easy. So that messed me yeah. up a little bit last weekend too. Well, I think what's tough uh is all of the kind of like the the um addiction clinics and so forth they they don't deal with peyote very well yeah, it's yeah. yeah well i went to the elders them so no which, which elders the native american elders yeah and so instead of that they they gave me some other little buttons called mescaline hmm. so i think i'm getting better now are you okay yeah 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 so, Terrific. Yeah. No more well, missing. No more missing on Sunday. That's what my bishop used to say. No more missing on Sunday. Oh, missing. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. What? I, uh, yeah, whatever, man. Uh, look, so Mormon miasmic mirages. <laughs> what the hell is going on? It's almost like we're trying to have alliteration in our titles on a frequent basis. Um, yeah, so we'll get into what, you know, why we're using that title this week. Welcome back. Good to have you. Um, so first, before we jump in, let's talk about the LDS Church in the news. <laughs> This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, I'm not going to get too into it other than the topic itself. The topic itself becomes the news to me rather than the actual content of the article. And I've probably confused the shit out of you already. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll just jump into it. So the name of the article in the Salt Lake Tribune is Jana Rice, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I don't know her. I, I guess maybe I should. I, I don't know. Jana Rice, R-I-E-S-S, a progressive Latter-day Saints top 10 highlights of General Conference. Mm. That's the title. Um, And so she goes through here. Again, I, I guess I should know who she is. I, I don't. I guess she's some known... Mormon chick. Uh, She says, for me, there were far more ups than downs this weekend at the 189th semi-annual General Conference Church of Christ Latter-day Saints. I feel like the church is making a full-throttle effort to update many of its programs and particularly to help stem the tide of youth attrition. Uh, Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. 
I guess so. Yeah. Oh. Um, so my take, <laughs> and she gives 10 observations. Well, this is great, but um, here's here's the problem that I have with this news article topic. And it's expressed in the title. <laughs> A progressive Latter-day Saint. Well, folks, what, what the fuck is that? <laughs> pro- pro- eternal progression. And what, what? what is that? Uh, I non-existent. I I don't understand that. Um, look. In case in case somebody missed it, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down a revelation of my own here. Are you ready, Dave? Let me get my lighted pen. Yes, get your lighted pen. Push Wendy out of the bed so you can focus. And your rusty nail doesn't sound like a like a a rod of water seeking. Um, <laughs> okay, you got your yellow pad. Here it goes. I'm ready. Uh, being a an active believing Mormon means you believe it all. Period. That's it. Yeah. So what the fuck is a progressive Latter Day Saint? I I I <laughs> I would really like Jana Rice to explain that. Wow. What do you disagree with? Oh, by the way, remember that if you disagree with anything, one thing, half of a thing, that the brethren in beloved capital B format say, you are an apostate. You are not a, 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 yeah. a member, a believing member. And that, and that one of the things, and we'll have to go into detail after we investigate uh Apparently, there were changes in your Temple Recommend interview questioning. Uh, and that's one of the questions. Do you sympathize with, affiliate with, I don't know the exact language, uh, any, what is it? They don't say anti-Mormon. In any group that's not favorable yeah. to the church, yeah. basically. And so uh, I would be kind of interested in what these changes are to, uh, to uh, are they easing up? I don't think so, but I don't know. We can find them pretty quickly. Yeah. We'll We'll jump on them. We'll We'll give our thoughts in an episode on some of these. Um, Yeah, that's all, you know, um, I'm not even going to go through the 10 observations she makes because I don't give a shit. Um, But, did I just say that out loud? But yeah, I. It just bothers me, as if you couldn't tell. <laughs> I have uh, one note from conference. Yeah. So KUTV Channel Two News in Utah. I I wonder if they're owned by the church. I think they might be. Like Bonneville Communications, uh, they kind of a thing. Talk yeah. about. Yeah, like they talk about conference like they're talking about the Halloween. Or Easter, or the the fucking weather. I mean, it's just oh yeah. And now we're oh, since right. everyone wants to know, we're going to mention all this stuff from the LDS Church. And so they showed a little clip of mm. one of Rusty's talks, uh, 
where he's announcing uh, the conference in six months, which will be a 200th anniversary of the first vision. Mm. Okay. Well, what, what, which, which first vision? Okay, so he, he says, this is the clip. This is the part they showed. Not only will it be memorable, <laughs> it'll be unforgettable. Oh, well, don't, you, don't you wish Joseph could say the same thing? Because he forgot. <laughs> he couldn't remember from one account to the other what the hell happened. <laughs> who, who showed up? What words were said? Oh, my God. So maybe, yeah. maybe this will it'd be the original. Uh, the real version will will come through Rusty's lighted pen and we'll get it for, you know, finally we'll get the real story. Anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah. If, if, yeah. If only it was unforgettable for Joseph. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would have been helpful. Um, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, oh man, whatever you know. And and that's the thing, right? It's it's funny. He would use that as a commemorative event. Which, well, the fact that he would use it isn't funny. But I just mean it's funny that that's one of the events that's kind of like the if you were to pick the top ten issues of the church history for a lot of people, the first vision fiasco would be probably one of them for a lot of people. Yeah. Right. You know, it, right it's up. just yeah. the discrepancies. What was there? Was there, I always forget, were there seven or nine different versions? Seven. I'm right. That well, we know of. There, there's the first hand, in other words, versions written by Joseph's hand. Uh-huh. There's those that are dictated and then there are those that I heard Joseph say. Okay, Set, second so or third three, hand. Three different, yeah, yeah okay. three different versions. So, yeah, uh, yeah. What's what's funny is think about the money, the energy that'll be spent at that conference in six months, all surrounded around an event that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Wow! It never yeah. happened, folks. Sorry. It's kind of potent sometimes. It's potent to see the money, the effort, the resources, right, that are that are spent on these imaginary events. Wow. Like you said, you know, it's it's uh let's talk about an event that never fucking happened and let's spend hundreds of thousands of dollars organizing this whatever ceremony thing they're going to do. Probably going to have music. Oh and- yeah. Whatever, you know, um, Gladys Knight will be in attendance singing. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> They'll have black people singing, which is never happened uh, in the early church. Whatever, man. Yeah. Um, that is kind of what do you even call this kind of shit? I mean, um, he picks one of the top 10 gripes that people have about church history that all these re- accounts of the first vision are completely fucked up and, and uh, you know, not in sync with each other as far as what Joseph saw. And that's what he picks. to co- And we're going to commemorate that. Okay. That, that collection of first visions. It, is that, is that, <laughs> it seems like I'm recalling a hundred years ago. So 1920 seems like uh-huh. they, built a monument or did a bunch of crazy shit like that over there mm. in uh you know around where joseph's family lived 
church history area. Yeah, right. Elmira. Yeah. So yeah, let's spend a bunch of money. <sighs> wow. On fiction. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's, I don't think we've done an episode on the first visions plural yet. Have we? we? I mean, we've, we've mentioned a couple yeah, of them many times. Yeah. Uh, that's been done so many times by other people. It's been done to death. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, let's get into uh, um, D. Michael Quinn's book. Yeah. So let's preface that with a little, a uh, little rock and roll, uh, uh, So it's time for your information. So uh, little, little excerpts from D. Michael Quinn's books that, that Dave kind of introduced a while back. And they continue. And we've got plenty of these fun things to share. Dave, give us some oh, yeah. uh, information. Okay. So we left off uh, six years ago in our last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in eight, 18, 1849, October 7th, Brigham Young instructs his special counselor, special counselor, huh? presiding patriarch John Smith to select men to go to California on a gold mission for the church. Oh, among 49ers who travel to California are about 50 gold digging Mormon missionaries. (laughs) (laughs) Gold digging. Isn't that how it all started? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Treasure seeking. Okay. Here, here's this. This is just wacky. Okay, eighteen fifty, June fifteenth. First issue of the Church's Deseret News includes astrological almanacs. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we we can't get any revelation, so let's look at the stars for our answers. Wow. Well, incidentally, if you track down the success or lack thereof of those gold digging missionaries, uh, my guess is God did not lead them to huge deposits. I don't know. Maybe we would be surprised. Uh, Okay. Anyway, back to your thing. Okay. 1851, January 15th, first of Brigham Young's five formal divorces from plural wives so he divorced five of his plural wives i didn't know that kind of interesting i didn't either uh you know there's only enough room for so many beds in the anyway well yeah (laughs) yeah there were a lot of things yeah that we could anyway same year march 17th (laughs) brigham young speaks in favor of madison d hamilton who is being tried for shooting and killing a man at LDS church services <laughs> immediately after the closing prayer. He probably fucking prayed too long. Sit down, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> the man seduced the wife of Hamilton, who is acquitted by the court and also by the voice of the people present. Oh, so now it's like, what, a democracy or something? Anyway, just some wacky shit. Okay, so this guy seduces this guy's wife. Right. Hamilton. Hamilton's wife. Hamilton shoots the guy after the prayer, and everybody's like, yeah, he deserved it. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. 
Oh, okay. It, it gets crazier. Uh, September 9th, Brigham Young has conferenced a covenant to accept and obey word of wisdom as a commandment and to accept excommunication for non-payment of tithing. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah. We're just going to X you. We, you either leave your money or you're gone. Okay, wait a minute. I thought it was a different prophet who made the word of wisdom a commandment. It was Young? Uh, I thought it was Young like Woodruff or somebody like that. Con- okay. Yeah, I, I don't oh. think it was recognized. Uh, hmm. Anyway, church leaders do not consistently enforce either practice until 20th century. So, yes, you're right. Okay, interesting. Okay. So Young made it a commandment. Everybody said, fuck you. And then he said, uh, by the way, if you don't pay your tithing, you're going to be excommunicated. And the bishops, again, said, fuck you. We're not going <laughs> to excommunicate our members over tithing. Okay, interesting. Okay, so there's a lot of lot of murder. A lot of these have to do with murder. <laughs> Jesus. October 18th. Trial of confessed murderer and, and newly returned LDS missionary, Howard Egan. <laughs> His lawyer, as Apostle George A. Smith, popular, popularizes the phrase mountain common law and argues, and here's the quote, the man who seduces his neighbor's wife must die and her nearest relative must kill him. What? What, what the hell? Yeah. Just, they're just making shit up, man. Mountain common law. Mountain common law. And they're in the Great Salt Lake. Yeah. Makes a hell of a lot of sense. Wow. Okay, let's, huh. let's jump into 1852. <laughs> this is just stupid. Brigham Young instructs Utah legislature to legalize slavery because, and quote, we must believe in slavery. Okay. We must. And oh. then let's follow up a couple of months later, February. Brigham Young announces policy of denying priesthood to all those of black African ancestry. Even if there never was a prophet or apostle of Jesus Christ spoke it before, because Negroes are the children of old Cain. Hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if, you know, it didn't get brought up in the New Testament or any anywhere, anytime. Uh, we're, we're bringing it up now. Okay. So let's keep going with Africa here. March 7th, 52. Mormons are prohibited from owning Indian slaves, but can own African-American slaves. Oh, okay. Oh, right. That, that seems fair. Sure. Oh, now this, here's a big one. April 9th. Again, 1852, Brigham Young's first published sermon that Adam is our father and our God and the only God with whom we have to do. Hmm. The Adam God theory. Yep. Yeah. So that's where it started, 52. Uh, anyway, we we can stop there. Or... Okay. Yeah. Those All are right. some good little tidbits. Hmm. And some morsels. We, we've got enough for about 50 more podcasts. And again, of course. They, these are only the ones that D. Michael Quinn found. I mean, how much how much shit went on that was never recorded? Uh, oh, I can't even documented? imagine. I mean, wow. Yeah. 
Okay, right into our topic today. Yes, let's talk about Mormon miasmic mirages. Mirages. So when I was first, uh, you know, exiting the church, I became interested in so-called anti-Mormon books, of which I've never read one. They're just books that tell the truth about the church, so <laughs> call, call it what you may. Oh, uh, yes. I, okay. I stumbled across this book, and, and uh, I'll mention this. I mentioned it to Michael last week. The author is Latane Scott, the title The Mormon Mirage. Okay. And it, I bought it at Barnes & Noble. And back then, when you went into Barnes & Noble and you went into the religion section, uh, there would be all the Buddhist books, all the Jewish writings, uh, Christian writings, and then there would be a section— of Mormon books and included in that section of Mormon writing were again, so-called anti-Mormon books. Mm. And I went back after I picked this one up there and even ours's book was for sale there. And about a year after that, I went back and I noticed that whole section was gone. Mm. So only pro LDS books. I thought, well, that's, interesting uh i don't know what's oh. going on there with those guys so latane scott was lds and left the church and goes through all the major issues of the church and in the back of her book she's got a section entitled issues and challenges facing mormonism and so issue number two is entitled Mormonism in the News and the Public Eye. So Wait a that, minute. What was that, issue number one? Oh, okay. Let me let me back up. Well, issue I just, number you know. one, the influence of the internet. Al Gore again. Oh. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I, and that seems like, you know, number one for sure. Uh, sure. By the way, she talks about a Jason Gallatin, former Mormon and webmaster of mormoninformation.com. And he wrote something uh, called Internet Mormons and Chapel Mormons, which is kind of interesting. This is uh, issue number one again, the Internet. He says, Internet Mormons tend to want to filter a prophet's words through both his likely cultural influences and his limited sphere of knowledge. Chapel Mormons tend to take a prophet's word at face value. So you see where they're going with that. Hmm. Internet Mormons believe that the scriptures supersede the living prophets. Chapel Mormons believe the living prophets supersede the scriptures. Internet Mormons believe that a prophet's word may not apply to at least some of the people he's addressing. Chapel Mormons tend to believe that a prophet's word applies to everyone he's addressing. Well, and then the brethren have clarified that. And the scriptures clarify that too, right? The Mormon scriptures that whether it be out of my own mouth or the mouth of my servants, it yeah. is the same, right? So there's no question. It goes back to there is no progressive Mormon. It's you either believe everything or you don't. There it is. There it is. Right. So, so this is issue two, Mormonism in the news and the public eye. And so she's going to start uh, roughly a... a issues that happened during her lifetime or just, just before. So we're going to jump 
ahead 100 years from 1850 to 1950. And uh, we'll back up five years for the first one. Eight, 1945, the publication of No Man Knows My History. I was surprised. I did not know it was written that long ago. Mm-mm, me either. Fawn Brody, and she is the niece of David O. McKay. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Okay. 1950. Membership of the church reaches 1 million. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, same year. And this also surprised me. Juanita Brooks' book, The Mountain Meadows Massacre, hmm. she is published. Um, now we jump ahead eight years. Th- this is interesting. I've seen these books uh, on the shelf. LDS member... Wilford C. Wood self-publishes a photographic reproduction of the 1830 edition of the Book of Mormon under the title Joseph Smith Begins His Work, Volume 1. Glaring differences between this printing and current editions arouse attention. (laughs) Mm. Okay, so four years later, he publishes Joseph Smith Begins His Work, Volume 2, which was a uh, reprint of the 1833 Book of Commandments. <laughs> yeah, so tons of differences between that and the Doctrine and Covenants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, including stuff that just wasn't included or, exactly. or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. omitted or, or taken out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, 1964, <clears throat> just kind of interesting, Sandra Tanner, Gerald and Sandra Tanner begin... Uh, publishing the Salt Lake City Messenger. So that's how long ago they were doing that. And she's still giving talks. Yeah, they were really pioneers. They really were, not to use a tainted term. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah. but uh, they were in in kind of the historical movement, right? Like what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. So apparently they had access to some... um, some information that was not readily available to even like historians and uh, such people and scholars in the church. So that frustrated these guys that they had no other access to such documents. And they're like, well, (laughs) yeah, not to go down a rabbit hole with, with the Tanners, but I think one of the reasons for that was Sandra was uh, related where was the relation again? And uh, Eldon Tanner. And Eldon, yeah. And then, um, yeah. And so there were in- major, major instances. We brought up one of them that was a really big one. They had the uh, proof of the, you know, the original scrolls, or one of the original scrolls that that Joseph Smith had used to translate the Book of Abraham. And they were they were in process of publishing that, and there was this whole story around that how the church had to publish it first right, to save face, right. and they stuck it in the middle of an ensign that was already laid out for publication, uh, so it actually skips page numbers, so that it could include. <laughs> oh anyway, yeah, it go, wow. yeah, interesting stuff. All right, back to it. Shenanigans. Yes. All right, 1967, New York's Metropolitan Museum of Art presents to the LDS Church the collection of papyrus manuscripts identified as a source of the book Abraham. Well, With, what the? I just yeah. talked about that. <laughs> I know. Without exception, all non-LDS scholars 
identify the papyri as pagan texts having nothing to do with Mormonism. Nope. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this, this one's interesting. Uh, 1971, a researcher, Wesley P. Walters, discovers an, an 1826 document detailing the legal hearing against Joseph Smith, the glass flicker. So that's where that came from. Hmm. And, and his use of magic during that time in his life. Uh, so then the, the Tanners released their first book in 72, Mormonism, Shadow or Reality. 60,000 copies are sold. And then their second book, The Changing World of Mormonism, 26,000 copies of that are sold. Uh, okay, and this is kind of a first. 1976, Thomas Stewart Ferguson, founder of the New World Archaeology Association, LDS Archaeology Apologist Organization, in, in parentheses, reveals in private correspondence. Now, again, he's an apologist for the church, okay? But he reveals in a private correspondence that he believes the Book of Mormon to be fictional. <laughs> wow. It sounds like B.H. Roberts. With yeah. Mormon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we just brought up uh, in D. Michael Quinn's book, The Adam God Theory. Uh, in October 1976, President Spencer W. Kimball calls the theory, the repeated teachings of Brigham Young, that are referred to as the Adam God doctrine, saying that they are false doctrine. <laughs> Great. Wow. So. Yeah. And and this was introduced by Young, just lest anybody get confused here, when he was a prophet. Yeah. So yeah. this is one prophet publishing revelation for the church, mm -hmm. and another prophet some decades later saying, uh, that was false. Whoops. Um any problems there? Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's that's an issue. Okay, yeah. I remember this uh, pretty vividly. 1978, official declaration two is added to the LDS scripture, declaring that men of black ancestry can receive ordination of the LDS priesthood and are permitted to enter temples for the first time. There it is, 78. Mm. Uh, wow. By the way... Nah, nah, I'll leave that alone. I, I was just going to mention that a lot of fairly bigoted people were mumbling. And even as a young man, I was aware that there were people very unhappy about that revelation. Yeah, there were people who left yeah. the church. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Similar to our whole November 2015 thing about LGBTQ, you know, parents, kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a, a a notable sized group who left the church, said uh, we're done. Yeah, it's okay. So back to B. H. Roberts, nineteen seventy nine, a previously unknown manuscript by LDS historian B. H. Roberts surfaces in which he identifies the Book of Mormon as merely of human origin. <laughs> How the hell did he stay a general authority? I. I don't I it. don't know, man. I don't know. I know he was pissed at the yeah. brethren uh, for not giving him any more help than just bearing their testimonies. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, back to our episode called the cost, I think he had to have uh, ran that through his mind and thought, no, I can't pay that. I mean, I don't want to put words in his mouth or thoughts in his mind, but he stayed. So, yeah. You know, that's- yeah, we've talked about that a few times. I mean, I, I just can't imagine any other possible or at least compelling reason, you know, for staying when, when you know what he knew and you stay anyway. I, yeah. I just can't think of any other. More. It, it's just he I, I, I would bet that that was the case. Right. He, he weighed sure. the cost and he said, you know, I. Yeah. Not only is it my job, which he was getting paid for, you know, by by the church, uh, but family, friends, you know, you name it, um, too heavy, too heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that was it. Okay, early 1980s. Here we go. Forger Uh Mark Hoffman produces forged Uh antique documents, several of which cast doubt on LDS faithful history. 48 such documents are eventually acquired by the LDS Church, which attempts to suppress them. <laughs> hey, come on. We'll give you some money for that shit. Yeah, buy them away and suppress them. Yep, <laughs> that's awesome. Them. Yeah. Uh, oh, and here, here's one of our favorites. Uh, talk about the 101,000 changes to the Book of Mormon. 1981, a new edition of the Book of Mormon changes the promise that in the latter days, Native American Indians will become white and delightsome to a new reading of pure and delightsome. Oh, right, right. Now, there, there's a couple more on Hoffman, if you want want me to go there. Two more. Well, you know, we could almost do an episode on him. That's, That's such true. an interesting, interesting uh, series of, of events. Um yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, these oh, are interesting. Okay, 85. These are short. 85. Yeah. Hoffman's bombings to cover his forgeries result in two deaths and his own serious injury. 1986, he is charged with two counts of first-degree homicide, 26 counts of fraud and forgery in a highly publicized case. Two years later, Hoffman confesses the homicides and forgeries and enters into a plea bargain for prison time instead of a death sentence. This leads to public questions about the in quotes, inspiration of LDS leaders who were deceived by the forgeries. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the prophet himself being in the room, yep. fascinated to look over these bogus documents that Hoffman had created. Uh, and, right. and folks, you know, again, if it isn't God's only chosen mouthpiece, well, you know, only chosen prophet anyway on the entire face of the planet who has the calling of being a prophet seer and revelator i mean if 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 he can't tell through inspiration or through the guidance of god whether something is real or not come on guys how do you how do you backpedal that how do you even imagine well, it, to come it, up with an answer to that? You sweep it under the rug, you, you know. You, For you fuck's just, sake, just make it go away. Isn't that what a prophet, seer, and revelator is supposed to be able to do? 
I mean, don't give me this bullshit. Oh, he's just a man. Yeah, but no. <laughs> he's not supposed to be. Yeah. Just a, in, in his capacity as prophet. I raised my hand to the square at conference. Okay, again, bringing up conference every six months. You raise your hand to the square and sustain these men as such. Yes. Uh, too bad. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I just, I, you know, again, it's one of those, it's one of those pivotal events in the, in the history of the church. I would say you could ignore everything else. You could ignore every other criticism, historical thing that makes you scratch your head and go, Oh dear. And you could just point to that one and you could say several of the 12 and the prophet himself were deceived by a fraudster. Yeah. And, and that would be enough to tell you this is a fucking hoax. It's a lot like the Kinderhook plates and Joseph Smith. It's pretty yeah. much right right there. Sure. Complete Proof in forgery. the pudding. And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this was uh, some dude, you know, back in the day. And uh, fuck it, man. Anyway. Yeah, I just, okay. whatever. Yep. 1989. I, I remember this. George P. Lee, the only Native American general authority of the LDS Church, is excommunicated for apostasy after he publicly accuses church of racism. Damn it. (laughs) George, George, what were you thinking? Come on, George. 1990, newspapers across the U.S. report that LDS temple ceremonies have dropped the symbolic hand motion representations of violence from vows and other aspects of rituals. The penalties. We, yeah, we've brought that yes. up several and times. And the five points of fellowship. Yeah, we've talked about this. Uh, David and I both experienced um, the pre-1990, 91 era of the temple ceremony. And I'm going to use a, a careful word here that the brethren use for, uh, recently, adjustments. <laughs> yeah, adjustments. <laughs> adjustments to the divinely revealed never shall these ceremonies be changed um yeah anyway it's probably not over i'm they'll probably just keep you know watering it down if you will yeah making it user friendly so 1990 again helvicio martins and i remember this quite well becomes first black general authority in the lds church and this is interesting. He is later honorably released, 1995. What? Honorably released? And no other man of color has since become a general authority. Well, that's that's not true now. That's changed recently. Yeah. Just recently. So, yeah. Uh, honorably released. You wonder what went on there. Hmm. So, one of the heroes of children in the 60s, 70s was. Elder Paul H. Dunn. Oh, yes, Mr. Dunn. The storyteller, literally. Yes. 1991, very popular general authority and prolific author Paul H. Dunn publicly admits that he had not always been accurate. <laughs> he's still <laughs> fucking, he's still apologizing. I wasn't quite accurate. You fucking lied. You lied, you bitch. Come on. In his, oh, oh, I'm sorry. In his colorful stories. Oh, yes. Military right. and professional baseball careers. Right. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quite accurate. 
I made some adjustments from what happened and to this, what I told you. Yeah. I think right about here, 1993 is when I was starting to have some doubts mm-hmm. and as certain things were coming up. I'm like, man, what the hell is going on? The September 6th, prominent LDS intellectuals and scholars are publicly rebuked. Five are excommunicated for apostasy regarding their writing and speaking about LDS subjects. One is disfellowshipped. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then kind of like the whole Cowdery, uh, Rigdon, etc. paradigm, some of them come back. If I recall, I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Okay, 1995, Deseret News describes and documents cases of ritual abuse by Mormons. That was... uh, The Pace Pace. Report. Yeah, the Pace Report. Okay. So here, President Hinckley should have stayed the hell out of the spotlight. (laughs) This is the first of several uh, public or television, you know, interviews. This one, 1996... On 60 Minutes, and mm-hmm. it, it's just mentioned here without details. The next year, 97, Gordon B. Hinckley is interviewed by the Santa, San Francisco Chronicle and asked if God was once a man and answers, I wouldn't say that. There was a little, <laughs> there was a little couplet coined, as man is, God once was, as God is, man may become. Now, that's more of a couplet than anything else. <laughs> what the Oh, fuck? my God. What? That gets into some pretty deep theology, and we don't know very much about it because I'm God's prophet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He said that about a couple things on 60 Minutes, too. He was asked a couple things, and and he's like, well, I don't know that we teach that. That's uh, Well, you fucking do know. Larry King is in ninth. Okay, it's. Right on the list here, the next year, 98. Oh, it was King, yeah, King. Larry when he King did live that. television yeah. program, Gordon B. Hinckley, president of the church. And then he's also interviewed by, uh, shit, the dark-haired guy. Oh, here it is. Wait, no. That's also CNN's Larry King live. I guess he was interviewed twice by Larry King. But, yeah, he, he got up there and trying to look like, yeah, I'm not afraid to be asked questions on live TV even though I don't have any answers. I mean, well, you know, Larry King married a Mormon. Sure so did. he had an in with the prophet. <laughs> Three packs a day. Now, now tell me, Gordon, can I call you Gordon? <laughs> um, yeah, that was a weird thing, wasn't it? Yeah, which, and then, you know, uh, yeah, it, yeah. He, it was embarrassing. I think it was embarrassing to members of the church, even. Uh, yeah, like, and people made uh, people made adjustments. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to say that word the same, um, because like he was asked certain things directly, right? Like, uh, and I remember King going through. I don't even remember now whether it was King or the other guy on 60 Minutes now going through he went through like a string like a bullet list of stuff like you guys don't do this you guys don't do this you know and hinkley was just like nope nope you know and he is like no caffeinated beverages nope you know and he went through and and then he 
And then at the end, Hinkley said, isn't it wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, lots of members, like the whole caffeine thing was like always a, always a little battle, you know, with the word of wisdom. And, the, and there you go. The prophet himself said it on TV. So I guess you better stop, you know. And people wow. didn't. Yeah, no. it was kind of funny. Anyway. Okay, so uh, there's a little blip here about the Tanners. Uh, they released a bunch of information from the handbook, the general handbook. Uh, handbook of Instructions is what it's called. And they had some some drama with that. Uh, 1999, LDS President Gordon B. Hinckley dedicates a monument at the site of the Mountain Meadow Massacre. And in his uh. remark states, the LDS Church still accepts no legal responsibility for the massacre. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yep. a couple from Salt Lake came down here uh, to visit. And one of the things they wanted to do is go see that monument. Mm-hmm. And so I'm standing there with with the husband and we're reading the plaque together. Mm-hmm. And I'm still very active LDS. I read that plaque and just said out loud, bullshit. Wow. And my and my friend, you know, looked at me like, what? <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, you know what? That's complete bullshit. Yeah. And I, I just, I couldn't, you know, hold back, whatever. Wow. As an active member. Wow. Yes. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it was yeah. crap. Okay. Yeah. 2002. Wow. We only got a few more here. So we'll do our normal 50 zip, minutes. Zip, zip thing here uh 2002 retired lds institute of religion director grant palmer publishes an inside insider's view of mormon origins grant palmer yeah yeah and he's one of our buddies it's done a he ton passed. of work oh yep. did he yeah i think a year or so ago now yeah yep. he did some great work yes he so did. uh let's see 2004 hinkley's interviewed again like he didn't learn from the first time <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 2004. Again, molecular biologist Simon Southerton publishes Losing a Lost Tribe, Native Americans' DNA in the Book of Mormon, which documents that DNA data for American Indians does not support the Book of Mormon story. Uh-oh. Is she going to talk about how they changed the preface to the Book of Mormon after that? I don't think she brings that one up. Yeah, so a little insert there. I don't remember when oh, it we was. Already brought, we already brought that up. Uh, yeah, we did. So it used to say that the Native Americans were the principal ancestors. Right, right. No, that the Lamanites were the principal yeah. ancestors of the Native Americans. And they changed it to among the ancestors of the Native Americans. So they, they softened that as well after the DNA study. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. uh, let's see. How about this? 2006, fundamentalist Mormon polygamist Warren Jeffs on the FBI's most wanted list is captured. So, yeah, he, he's been in for 13 years. And people will say, well, that has nothing to do with the Brighamites because this is a different sect. And oh. the the answer is, yes, it does, because... The Brighamites, a.k.a. the LDS Church, uh, 
do believe in polygamy still. They teach it. They believe in it uh, not in the flesh, but in spirit. And you still get sealed to multiple women in the temple as your other wives die as a man. So it's still taught. It's still section 132. The doctrine covenants has, as of the last time I checked, not been pulled out. No. (laughs) So, uh, and that's a disastrous one, folks. Good old section 132. Anyway, well, let's back to you. Go back uh, because you were correct. She did mention this. 2007, the Book of Mormon is again edited, prefaces previous text states the Lamanites' principal ancestors. It has now changed. The Lamanites are among the ancestors. Okay. okay. So, so three years is. after the study, yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah. So they gave that? some time for the study to be refuted and they just weren't able to refute it. So they just changed it. Okay. Yeah, you know. Here's- just a couple more things and that, okay. Uh, okay, 2008, church membership reaches 13 million. Okay. And that's pretty much the end of her list. And then what she does is goes into some of those uh, events and issues and, and things in more detail, which is uh, very interesting. I'm just going to read one. Um, nor is despair. Okay. According to Deseret News, Utah leads the nation in suicides among men age 15 to 24. Mm. So that's, again, these are, again, things in the news. And that's why she brings it up. Uh, And then how about with Mitt Romney's running for president? Americans said they would have reservations or be very uncomfortable with the idea of a Mormon president. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she goes on and on, but that's basically uh, the end of her list, and we're at 50 minutes. So, um, <laughs> so to sum it up, wow. Dave, the, the uh, name of the author and the name of her book again for listeners? Okay. Latane C. Scott. How do you spell Latane? L-A-T-A-Y-N-E. What a weird name. Yeah. It almost sounds like a Native American name. Yeah, Latane. Latine. C. Scott. And the name of her book? The Mormon Mirage. The Mormon Mirage. We'll put a link to it on Amazon on our site for this yeah, episode really, for interested really well listeners. Done. The subtitle is A Former Member Looks at the Mormon Church Today. And this is the third edition. So she is updating it. So she's been adding new stuff. Yeah. yeah right. As time so, goes on. Um. There you go, folks. What a fun thing it is to be a member of the LDS Church when you can find out such joyous information (laughs) to confirm your testimony that this is the one and true church. Well, you know, hey, it is the year 2019. I'm a progressive Mormon. (laughs) You know? That I'm a progressive ridiculous. Mormon. I, I'll, I'll believe what I want and what I don't like. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just kind of projecting in, into the future, just wondering. I, I don't really give a damn, to be honest, but just curious about some of these adjustments that are going to follow because... Uh, they're going to have to keep adjusting the damn thing 
to retain any members. Yeah, that's it's right. Policy adjustments, w w every kind imaginable. Yeah, and they're uh, going to guys. The, it's so funny, man. The guys is revelations, right? God is, as as Rusty Nell has said a few times, uh, the church, the restoration, the church isn't finished. It's still <laughs> being restored. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's how he's phrased it. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, oh my it's still hell. restoration is still in progress. We're still getting more revelation. Okay, well, uh, you know, so uh, maybe God I works should, that way. Yeah, maybe I should rejoin because I mean, maybe there'd be all kinds of fun shit that they're going to start doing. Oh, I'd wait. You know, I <laughs> wait till okay. some more adjustments come. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the Book of Mormon, uh, I get, I, I've said this before. I hold by my prophecy. I think eventually it will just simply be taught from the pulpit, not even, you know, innuendos or anything anymore. It will be taught. This is not a true history of the Americas. This is a work of fiction, which is uh, just, you know, full of teachings of jesus in it it's okay, a book so, of parables right so it's a fictional narrative that employs the, the the use of uh what you what you know ethics and morals and yeah right. uh, so it, it's it's a vehicle by which we can dispense the the doctrines of the gospel even though the main doctrines of mormonism are nowhere in the book of mormon and we'll bring that up at a later time we'll yeah that's that's it. problematic isn't it yeah that's but um especially cuz joseph said it was uh it had the fullness yeah of the gospel of jesus christ well uh, you know it's like when yeah. you eat a meal and you say you're full <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of relative you know i'm, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm full and another time you'll say i'm full and you're actually stuffed you know so yeah, and yeah. one one man's full is another man's i could still eat dessert you know kind of thing i guess yeah some, somebody's <laughs> full of something i'll tell you that <laughs> Well, that's going to be another adjustment. They're going to start selling uh, with every copy of the Book of Mormon. You get a free set of hip waders, either um, that or a doggy bag. <laughs> <laughs> Clean oh, up after yourself, will you? Oh God! Jeez. <laughs> oh, All right, bro. Well, thanks for taking a little tour through some Mormon miasmic mirages with us in our perpetual alliteration that we seem to have an issue with. And uh, I guess we'll catch you guys next week. Now, next week we should be doing it. So we shouldn't have another skip. Yeah. Sorry. So, guys. Anyway. Uh, all right. Hey, make Jeez. sure, and, huh? make sure and study all those, those talks given at conference, because that is the living word from the living God. And well, just keep a mind open to later adjustments, <laughs> and you're well, that's okay. Why we have conference every six months. That's I mean, right. We have to adjust know. things. Yes, yeah. right. Go. So yeah. God gives short-term revelation in six-month increments, basically. Um, Perfect. Yeah. And it could be completely contradicted in a, in six months hey, later. If so I were an anyway. infinite being, that's how I would do it. Of course. 
<laughs> if you knew the past, present, and future as one eternal now, as, as Joseph Smith described, uh, why would you give a whole doctrine up front? Why wouldn't you give one that you would contradict later? I mean, that that's the way it should work. Well, did you say contra? You meant update, right? Okay. Uh, adjust. Adjust. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Speaking <laughs> of which, I got to adjust some package here between all right them. all right <laughs> i don't want to hear any more about that all right you guys we love you love uh, you guys we'll peace talk out. to you soon peace out all right